Hey, look, I have this little Velcro. I think as much as you possibly can, rip that, have that tearing noise as often as possible. I think that's very attractive <laughs> to listeners. Good. I think we should first say good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? So we are here for another episode of Velcro Tearing. Yeah. On SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. You, you know, a, a big thing on social media are the calming videos, those videos that you can watch <laughs> yeah. that just make you feel good. You think Velcro might calming. be one of those? I think that is the uh, exact opposite. It's the antithesis? It is the antithesis of a calming noise. I like that one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Don't you love ripping Velcro? It's like popping bubble wrap. Oh, I got a bite, Ray. Oh. I'm recording a podcast. The cheese I'll talk now to you later. Yeah. <laughs> See, look at you embracing technology. Uh, with my Apple Watch? You just spoke that into your, your watch. I mean, that's like science fiction stuff. I'm going to take it off because I found it doesn't. I don't know how to mute it, but if you take it off, it doesn't ding. So is that embracing technology? It, it is. And hey, that's what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> well, we are. And let me start. We're going to discuss digital retailing. We are. Uh, and the need for it. And can we survive without it? But let me start off by saying I uh, posted on Facebook last night. I was just laying in bed, like watching Amazon Prime on my laptop while I'm surfing the internet on my phone, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and all this. And I thought, where would we be if for some reason, like the Wi-Fi got knocked out? Where the internet got knocked out. Like, that would suck. That would really suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you have to say? Is that, 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 that is my uh, complete thought <laughs> well, on we, that topic. Well, I've had people comment, you know, I, I don't, maybe they're hippie types, you know, maybe they're uh, into the world types, but they people commenting saying, I don't have Wi-Fi at my house, or I haven't never had Wi-Fi. Who can live without it? Well, I started thinking, like from the time I wake up till the time I go to sleep, I literally have, I mean, 90% of the time I'm on Wi-Fi. We're on Wi-Fi now recording this episode. Right. While we're getting texts. Yeah. We're not actually on Wi-Fi now, but we will be to upload it. No, we are. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, we're on Wi-Fi currently. We're recording this to the cloud. No, we're not really doing that. But we are actively on Wi-Fi as we're recording to the hard drive of the computer. Yes, we are. I mean, I'm surfing LinkedIn right now as we record. <laughs> I'd appreciate your attention. I mean, you know, it's, this it's is the shut- most important thing going on for you right now. But, you know, hey, it should be in the, the top two. It's show ideas. Oh, okay. Well, we, we already have an idea. Because we need to give a little shout out here to Jonathan Dawson today for kind of inspiring this discussion. Right. Started the discussion. He posted this morning. This is uh, April 2nd, I believe. He posted this morning that kind of asking for opinions. You know, it, he said, I believe digital retail is here to stay. You know, this COVID crisis has brought about the idea that you can get things accomplished from home. He mentions telecommuting, telemedicine, uh, ordering things, you know, your groceries and all of that without leaving the house. Yeah. And so obviously, you know, he's asking in the car business, do you think this is a must have for dealers or can they get by? You know, with the old ways of, well, you got to come down for me to give you a number. Yes. And I feel like we can go further down the road through digital communication via email, uh, live video, whatever the case. However, uh, unlike some of the other examples that he gives, Mm -hmm. 
I think a vehicle is something that you still want to drive, especially if you're changing brands, style of vehicle, type of model, right? If you're going from a car to an SUV. Agreed. Uh, yeah. You know, from a, I don't know, whatever the case, from a, a economy to a sedan. Yeah, um, or, or switching brands. Maybe you've had a Ford truck and you want to check out a Chevy truck, see right. how they sit, how they drive. I tell you, when I went to work for one dealership, um, I was driving, before I got my loaner, I was driving uh, a number of the, the pre-owned cars we had on our lot. And I went from uh, driving for a week a Buick to driving for the next week a Nissan. A Buick? Yeah. You were driving a Buick? I was driving a Buick for a week. For our listeners that don't know, you own a truck and a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Right. I I just can't picture you driving an older model Jag. Like a Buick Regal? A Buick Skylark? It was Skylark. Do they make this? They don't make the Skylark anymore. No, it was a, uh, gosh, I can't even remember what, what model it was. It was a, a sedan. But when I went to the Nissan, uh, holy cow, was that thing loud. Really? I, I mean, you know, it's the a wind noise and the, no. no, just the, you know, and when you shut the door, the oh. difference of the weight of the Buick door and feeling sealed in that compartment as opposed to the oh, Nissan wow. that just was a kind of a tink <laughs> as the door closed and the wind noise as I was going down the, really? the highway. And I, I had I gone from, had I originally started in the Nissan and moved to the Buick, I don't know that it would have been quite so uh, uh, so obvious an adjustment, but going from the Buick to the Nissan... Yeah, man, I maybe just that's thought, why Buick owners are so loyal. I mean, they love that clunk of the door of shutting, the, the heavy door and the, well, the sealed a, compartment. We're way off on a tangent here, but the the other thing I've heard about Buick owners is they love those big knobs. That Buick intentionally put big knobs. You know how for years and years the knobs kept getting smaller and smaller until they were the size of a dime. Yeah, you know to turn on your radio, mm-hmm. and and the Buicks are still. Big you know, fat like two knobs. inches in I diameter. I love a good thick knob. <laughs> I'm all about a big knob. Well, the uh, the Buick would satisfy you, maybe. Well, and I was more satisfied in the Buick than the Nissan. Nothing against Nissans. I mean, I, yeah. I think they they make great vehicles. Yeah, and I mean, they're all over Nashville. Yeah. Uh, you know, great say, commuter car. I mean, great on my gas mileage. Good gas mileage. Good dependability. So, uh, uh, but again, to get back to your point. Back yeah. to the point. It was, I still feel like it's, and when you're talking about, especially like with a pre-owned, yeah. no two pre-owns are the same. That's the same, one of the things, make, same year, make and model, right. it's still different cars. It doesn't necessarily have to be the, you know, your presence is your leverage. We're pushing them into the numbers, coming yeah. into the dealership, right? I mean, let's make it as, as user-friendly from a uh, virtual perspective as possible, but uh, I still still would strongly encourage people to come into the dealership. And I think savvy buyers are going to want to touch and feel. It's not like, you know, if I'm, if I'm ordering 
somebody to deliver my food, mm-hmm. right? Well, if I go there, it's not like I'm going to sample, t- the, yeah, food. sample <laughs> the food. I'm going to just be either be looking at a menu sitting in the dining room getting my takeout. Which you or, can do at home. Yeah, or I can look online and see what the menu <laughs> right. says. And I'm going to choose based on the menu. I'm not going to choose based on how they the smell and how they look. The, yeah. So if, if more people bought, if, if more restaurants put out a sampling of their menu and you could kind of walk down the aisle and see what an actual cheeseburger looks like instead of the one picture you now, know that's advertised. Now, there are certainly those times where I've been sitting in a restaurant and I see something go by yeah. to another table and I'm like, well, what is that? Yeah. I'll have one of those. Right. God, that looks good. I'll have what she's having. That smells fantastic, yes. <laughs> uh, give me some of that. So, uh, but... The, the car business specifically, uh, to, to say that it's going to be a totally digital, totally digital market, yeah. and uh, this may have uh, bent the curve a little bit as mm-hmm. far as digital retail as is concerned. As far as the speed at which that occurs. Right. Yeah. But it was, it was still on that trajectory. Right. I agree with that. With, with, with millennials and the you know, click-to-buy mentality of the U.S. Well, there were days, I mean... My dad, I remember, uh, you know, at Amazon, he's still kind of like this, like ordering things over the phone. He won't give his credit card that he uses from his bank or, you know, credit card. He will literally go out once a month and buy a few of those cash to credit cards just for him to use (laughs) online. Right. (laughs) Like that's so even he is coming around now to using Netflix and Amazon Prime and ordering things online. So yeah, I think it's just with any new technology, whether it was the fax machine or you know using the internet or ordering things online, I think there is a slow curve toward ad- adoption. Yes. And uh, we're just kind of witnessing that live. We are and as you've used for the justification for moving into the digital market, we don't want to miss a sale. We yeah. also need to keep yeah. in mind that there are going to be those customers who they're not going to feel comfortable clicking to purchase when it's a purchase the size right. of a of a vehicle. And we may get there someday where, you know, over 50% of the purchases you never saw the customer face to face. You know, right. they, they shopped online, they clicked by, they filled out their credit app and you know, and by that time maybe, you know, the payments automatically sucked out of their account. They just approve that yes, I'll take these numbers. Well and I think I too mean, that the, is actually happening now. Uh, absolutely. And and to the point of it's moving to the digital. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to any used car manager right now. I think the majority of the vehicles that they're putting front line on their used car lot are vehicles that they click to buy. Yeah, that they bought like Man I'm Express. Uh, yeah, one of the yeah. options that they're watching online. I mean, we had a buyer for the dealership I worked for, uh, the, the last dealership that I was working for directly, uh, that... Yeah, 90% of the pre-owned, you know, it was rare that we were really stocking our our used car inventory off of just trades. It was much more the case that we were, he was clicking to buy, and and I think the, the Mannheims of the world have gotten better about grading vehicles mm-hmm. so that you... Which is imperative, right? If you yeah. can't trust that Mannheim number, uh, what is it? MMR, Mannheim uh, Market Report or something, yeah. is the uh, value. And then they have another one, CR, I think stands for Condition Report. The Condition Report, right. right. Well, so, so let's recap here. 
we have barely even scratched the surface of this podcast and we've talked for 15 minutes, but I think you and I can agree it is an important part of the car business nowadays and that we are going to have to have a plan to uh, adopt this new technology, this new market. Yeah. But by the same token, we also realize that there are customers who will not click to buy, that will not simply make a purchase without sitting in a car, smelling the car, driving the car. And let's face it, for for maybe a small percentage of the market, but for at least some, they kind of enjoy the experience of browsing the lot. Right. You know, they want to come down and just kind of see what the new model looks like. Sure. You know, if it's a guy that buys a new truck every two years, well, he's going to want to come down and see what the difference is in the brand new model versus the one he has that's a year and a half old. Yeah. So. And there's only so much you can get from the pictures. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, uh, the colors, you know, how how do you get an accurate color online? Yeah, that's true. Especially with some of the colors where in bright sunlight, it looks blue. And in a little bit of shadow, it looks black. Yeah. Yeah. It's Uh, kind of a, and the pearl colors. Right. So um, there is definitely going to be that element to it. So let's get back into what are some of the holdups to moving to digital? Okay, I mean, so I, I know what I've seen in ahead. some dealerships is, and, and I think it goes back to something you just mentioned, which is have a plan for implementing a digital version of your sales process. Um, because, you know, I mean, those whether it's an internet team or, you know, digital sales, they take the deal to the desk and the guy's like, well, yeah, I'm busy working with customers who are here. Right. Right. So, you know, I mean, get your, get your people who are desking the deals on board with this new market, this new way of doing it. Understand that a customer is a customer, whether they're sitting in the dealership or staring at their computer, they're still somebody who needs your attention and, and we need to move forward. Well, or instead of, getting these old school guys on board, which I think is a very valid and needed thing. But if if that's a long-term process, if that's going to take six months and you've got somebody itching to do it now, maybe train someone and give them the authority to give out numbers over the phone or over email. You know, there might be a... a you don't have to run everything through one central channel, uh, you know, or two or three sales managers that say... You know, all right, here's the price I'll give. Maybe your internet manager is, you know, you can give him a, you know, a set standard of how he can price vehicles and how he can give numbers for a trade. I mean, I know for me personally, when I was running an internet department, I would never just lock in on a firm trade-in number because I didn't want to do that to myself. Right. I would give a range, you know, hey, those cars typically go for four to 7000 you know, when we are here in person doing the deal, uh, you know, I'll be happy to narrow that down, Give but I simply can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And most customers were fine. I mean, they understand, hey, I could be lying in my car, could have a transmission problem or have an engine knock. Yeah. So they get it. What I've seen is as much as you have the the old school uh sales tower desk guy who doesn't really want to necessarily work the numbers over the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you have a lot of those internet managers who have that authority to work numbers, and it just seems like those guys want to give everything up right from, right. from no, the start. I and I think there, there's a there's a balance there, right? I yeah. mean, we've got to we've got to train savvy internet managers who are desking deals to to work a, a deal to actually try to close somebody on a on a money making. Uh, Sale. Yeah, I, I think we're using two stereotypes here to make we a are. point. Is that the stereotype of an internet manager is he'll give everything away, and he, you know his philosophy is, well, I have to compete, you know, with everybody else. I got to give them the absolute lowest number I can. Right. While the sales manager working in house, you know, showroom deals is saying you, you just don't know how to sell. Right. <laughs> right. You don't know well, how to hold That's gross. the problem. That's why I want them here. Right. It's because I know how to work them and, right. and get right. the most out of it. And both of those things, even though they are stereotypes and not a, a true in 100% of the cases, they are stereotypes for a reason. Yes. <laughs> because that's typically how that plays out. And as you have, I've been in dealerships and continue to go to dealerships all over the country. I mean, you know, the reason the stereotype is there is because it's quite often true okay i uh, yes we agree on that so you had broached the topic of well, well let's kind of organize our thoughts here what are the challenges that the dealer is going to meet if he wants to participate in this new way of doing businesses and then i would like to put in some real world terms what actionable items can we do to get us closer to being able to handle those customers in an efficient and profitable way Okay. So we've kind of discussed the big picture. We did touch on a few of the challenges. Right. Let's dive in there to what so, are they going to have problems overcoming? Okay. So let's look at it from, is everybody an internet salesperson? Or is this something that, uh, you know, your regular floor sales guy who's just taken ups can participate in this digital realm as they're developing leads and opportunities with with their customers, yeah, whether it's I think their that customer depends base on size, or, but I, I think it would be unfair to say to you know one group you can only take lot ups right. and one group you can only take internet leads. And I've seen that happening. Yeah, I, I mean in a bigger dealership, I could see that working, but my gosh, if you're a floor up salesman, right, you're gradually going out of business. Right. Yeah. I mean that your potential market is getting smaller and smaller and has been for 10, 15 years. Right. So I just think that's unfair, you know, coming from my roots in the car business where as a salesperson, I tend to think in terms of if I were a salesman. Right. So would you go so far as to say everybody is an extension of the internet department? Uh, well, I don't know exactly what you mean. So expound on that. Well, I think the majority of people who we're going to be working with via digital forum mm -hmm. um, are going to come through as a internet lead, I mean, potentially a phone up. Well, here's what I like. You asked a good question, and I'm sorry if I interrupted you here, but I kind of gathered my thoughts on that. I think, I think we can have a handoff where we do have an internet department that's answering those initial leads. Because I don't think if you're a salesman that's handling in-person customers, you're not going, it's just like a service advisor. You're not going to find the time to go answer all these leads. And what if an internet lead comes in while you're on a test drive? Then it's an hour later before they get a response. Right. So, so I, I, I see where you're going. <laughs> what is it, John? 
What are you talking like BDC? It's a BDC, right? <laughs> I mean, you, well, you, whether you, you call it an internet sales team or a business development well, team, well, I think most internet sales teams, and and that's been one of the the most difficult things to to get dealers away from is moving their internet department. I mean, as I would set up BDCs in dealerships all over the country. Um, I would find that typically a dealer would have the hardest time releasing the internet to the BDC. I agree. And because they're, quote, not salespeople. Right. You know, they haven't been doing this for 15 years. Right. And if you talk to an internet manager who's running a team of internet salespeople, and that's their sole responsibility is only handling those internet leads, mm-hmm. then they're going to say, you know, it needs to be a salesperson because these people, a high percentage of them, and that percentage is growing, want to conduct their the majority of their engagement with the dealership virtually. Right. So we we need a salesperson in order to be able to do that. Whereas you know the the other side is well a good qualified trained coached BDC agent should have the ability to move that person further in in further engage with that person whether it's in a timely manner because they're just sitting there doing nothing but taking those leads. Uh, or from an experience or knowledge standpoint that they've got the word tracks and, and ability to convert somebody from just looking into uh, we're now engaging on whether it's a specific vehicle or an appointment, um, that I, I think it's, a, it's not just a, a macro... Uh, what? It's, it's not just the dealership is changing in there, we've got to be willing to engage. But I think it goes to more of the micro of how is that engagement going to look? I think so, it's, a, yeah, it's, a, it, it's a multifaceted initiative, right? right? We can't just, as a de- dealer, just can't come in one day and say, hey, we're going to start doing digital retail. Right. Well, what the hell does that mean? Right. And how does, what does that process look like? So that's but what I, I think, think that's how it happens more often than not. <laughs> Is they come in and go, all right, we're in this digital thing. We're going to sell cars on the market. Mark the over here is going to be a... Uh, yeah, who knows how to do that? Right. All right, you're my new digital guy. <laughs> so, and, and I think we've got to look at it from a bigger perspective of, so what's the relationship between, what's the handoff look like from, let's say, a BDC mm-hmm. to an internet department? Or to, uh, I'm sorry, a sales... A floor salesman. A floor salesman. And how do they continue to work together? Uh, I've seen some uh, BDC reps who kind of worked with one or two specific salespeople. And, oh my God, the productivity that they could achieve in having that salesperson available to be that conduit, the handoff between that BDC agent and the salesperson. Hey, I'm just a... You know, I work in the BDC here. Um, let me put you with, you know, Mark, who's on the, who's one of our salespeople or one of our sales consultants, one of our product specialists, uh, to really help you narrow down what it is you're looking for, and then be a handoff back and forth, where it goes from Mark, and then Mark's not getting a whole lot of, of, of further dialogue with the customer, and then hand it back to Sarah in the BDC who says, hey, how's Mark doing? Is he getting you all the information? Is there anything I can help you with? Right? To be that non-sales 
I'm your, you know, customer relationship manager or your, you know, customer service person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, well, yeah, you know what? Let me get with Mark and make sure that, you know, he's getting you that information. I, I, I just, I think we need to look at, you know, uh, you know, I always go back to process. What's that process look like? Well, that's what I'm trying to define is if I'm a dealer listening to this, have I told them anything? All right. So <laughs> let, let's help with that. Okay. All right. First, are you going to have a BDC? Okay. All right. Or let's say you do have a BDC. Are they right. going to get your internet leads? I would say 90% of the time or 80% yes. Yeah. Well, I have seen less than that. It's a majority, but I certainly had those dealerships that just had a hard time giving up their internet department. Yeah, I I guess I would agree. I would say more like, I don't know, 50, 60% of the time that answer is going to be yes. But I think that's growing. I mean, five years ago, that would have been 15%. Right. Now it's at least 50. Okay. So I just don't think that an efficient, that that there exists a process where a salesperson can efficiently and effectively answer phone ups and internet leads while they are also engaged on the floor. It's just an impossibility in my mind. If somebody has figured that out, please enlighten me. But I don't see how you can uh, go on a test drive for 20 minutes or go out on the lot and do an effective vehicle presentation and then boom, your phone dings and you've got an internet lead. Right. Well, how are you going to handle that? You can't tell the customer. And I've done it. I've been on the lot with a customer and my phone ding and it's an internet lead. And I just kind of say, here, check out this, uh, the radio. Check and that you out know for that a minute. Cl- you know that clock's ticking. Well, yeah. So I just kind of lean over, answer it on my phone, send a pre templated thing, bam. But that's not, it's not doable. No. <laughs> and it's also, do you want to respond only via email or are you incorporating? Yeah, pick do you want to call first? Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm that's that's what I advocate for, and you know, I have dealers tell me, oh, well, you know, uh, BDC can't handle an internet lead like my internet sales team can. I say, all right, but they're the goal is still to get the appointment, and maybe we're transitioning away from getting the appointment. Maybe the goal is to start to work the deal, but. Still, if you're engaged with, you know, unless your salespeople are desking deals, you're still having to engage somebody else to help put together the numbers and, you know, do fair trade estimates, even if it's a range, and doing things that are taking them away from sitting in front of their computer. And so I would always say, if I've got a BDC team and you've got an internet team and the lead comes into both of us at the same time and your guy is looking down at his phone like you were just talking about and sending some templated email or quickly trying to get a response while he's on the lot with somebody. Um, And my BDC agent immediately is picking up that phone and trying to get him on the on the line and saying, hey, you know what, I see that you're looking at this. Would you consider other options and going through our scripted uh, practiced way of handling that that internet lead um, there's a I got a much better chance of really engaging with that person than your sales guy does if when he finally gets to the point that he can make that phone call or you know, well by then he's already had, got an appointment with the BDC agent right. right by the time the salesman gets around to calling so so number one let, we need to define what this sales process looks like what is the road to the sale for a digital retail customer. Right. And I think all digital retail means is how do we handle the current leads that we are getting, like internet and phone? 
let's demystify this digital retail term. Right. Right. It's it's not a new type of client. You're, you're, you're they're still going to inquire you with you either by the internet, by the phone, or by coming on the lot. Right. Digital retail just means uh, that to me it means we get further down the road in the road to the sale than we had previously. Correct. We're so I, the, the main thing to me about this new thing is is that we're not afraid to give out figures. Now, whether that's an exact number, an exact interest rate, an exact payment, or whether it's a range, you know, I, th- I think it's for each dealer to decide depending on the technological tools available to them. Right. Uh, you know, if, if you're not willing to spend three or four grand a month to have a third-party vendor that will incorporate this stuff into your website, then maybe you have to kind of handle it over the phone and give an estimate, a range, uh, you know, to, to satisfy that need. So to get back to kind of the original part of the, this conversation is we need to first make sure everybody understands that we are going to be a digital facilitator of car deals, right? Whether it's my desk managers, whether I have an identified person who's going to work numbers, whether it's my F&I department. Um, everybody has to be on board with this is something we are going to do as a dealership. Mm -hmm. Then we look at what's that process look like, whoever it is who's taking that initial inquiry via phone or or internet, uh, how is that going to look? What I would encourage, I think what you're saying as well is, from my perspective, the ideal is a BDC. Right, somebody, and that that BDC. Now we look at what does the handoff look like between the BDC agent and the salesperson, who's actually going to work through the process, desking, F and I, getting numbers. I think just like on the sales manager. floor, it's got to go through some type of sales manager. Right. You know, and and historically in the car business, we've called uh, sales manager was quote the term for a desk manager. Right. Right, and then internet manager was a separate entity, mm-hmm. but these are all, in my mind, sales managers that need to have a, a a part in giving out numbers, correct, and coaching and training and being responsible for their teams, right. So yeah, I think number one, it comes down to education. Yeah, we have to uh, have the people that work for us in dealerships understand what this new way of business looks like. And they have to have buy-in. We, they have to see benefit to them. Yeah. So those two things revolve around exactly what you're talking about, is who is going to be responsible for giving the numbers, and then is he going to get kind of crapped on every time a deal comes in, you know, that has numbers already. Right. Because I think that's going to happen in a lot of cases. You're going to have a lot of conflict in dealers where, you know, some GSM or some sales manager is going to say, well, our, our profit's down, our revenue's down because so-and-so keeps giving our cars away. Right. Right? But I, I think you, in this day and age, you can't get away with saying, sorry, sir, I can't give you a figure unless you're here. Yeah. It, it's just, your traffic is going to drop. Yeah, you, you are going to miss out on deals. Yeah, absolutely. You are going to give up deals because you're not willing to engage the customer the way that they want to be engaged. You And I don't discourage dealerships from still 
sharing the benefit, you know, it's not the your presence is your leverage, but there are definitely word tracks and ideas that we can give to the customer to share with them the advantage of them coming to the dealership. I Whether agree it's totally. a solid number on their vehicle, you know, I mean, outside of the range, whether it's, you know, if you consider these other features uh, yeah, that, and, that are available to you. And we're still most effective in face-to-face communication, right? Absolutely. That's where we have the most ability to influence someone's purchasing decision. Mm-hmm. So let's, I think you and I, even though we're kind of explaining the need to have this digital part, we're certainly not uh, taking away any impact of the face-to-face showroom visit. Absolutely. That's still absolutely majorly important. And ultimately, that's the way we would prefer. Right. And and beyond that, when we talk about what's the handoff look like and, and what is the process from initial engagement with the customer all the way through to delivery of their new vehicle, mm-hmm. um, the problem with, in our discussion right here, getting too granular on that is every dealership's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, let's just go in and throw in a plug and say, if you want somebody to come in and help you work through how does this look in your dealership, whether you got a sales staff of five and you're in a small, you know, Fort Payne, Alabama, or you're, you know, in a major metropolitan area and you've got a sales staff of 25. Right. Uh, you already have an existing Internet department. Do you want to you want to keep that? And how does it look there? You don't have a BDC, you want to establish one. You do have a BDC, you want to get them more engaged. Um, that's really going to come down to each unique dealership. And let us know. We're more than happy to help and, you out. And, hey, we would love to sit in your office, Mr. Dealer Principal, and argue like we're doing now right. about what is the best process. In, <laughs> <But> I, or, <laughs> there's no argument necessary. Well, no. I'm based on what your I'm goals kidding. are and the things that you feel like is going to work best in your dealership, we can help design what that process yeah, looks absolutely. like absolutely. right from a step one, step two, step three, all the way through to the the final uh, execution of a deal. Yeah, but I, I think we do agree that uh, it would be most beneficial to have a separate team. I don't care what label you put on that team, BDC, internet team, whatever, customer service team, but to have someone dedicated to answering these ads and have a sales manager uh, managing that department so that we can give information that the customer wants and desires and, and demands from someone they do business with. But I also think it's important if we can transition that customer to a showroom visit, I certainly, that's my best case scenario. Yeah, that's goal one. Yeah, and, and then we transition it to someone who's just a shark on the floor, you know, face-to-face, you know, can, can number one, identify the customer's needs and desires, but number two, close a, a Build value a in the vehicle, yeah. show them why our number is what it is, right. and close them. Yeah, because that's hard. Whether you're a 20-year ace veteran salesman or, I mean, if you take that guy, that 20-year ace veteran salesman, he's going to hold more profit in the showroom than he does on the phone, than right. he does through email. Right. Just that he cannot have that influence, yeah, that motivation, and it's a it's an emotional purchase, yeah. So it's tough to build an emotion, an attachment, I mean, and an excitement about the vehicle that you're just looking at pictures on. Well, yeah, and that's why when we were rookie salesmen twenty years ago, 
our sales manager always said, you got to get them to drive it. Right. right? They got to drive the car. Yeah. Well, why is that? Because they, because they fall in love with it. Right. Right. They're willing to pay more after they've driven it. So obviously, if the person orders the car online and never drives it, they're not going to see the value in spending a little more money. I think that. So do, do we agree with uh, with your your with Dawson? There? What's his name? Jonathan Dawson. Jonathan Dawson. How do you not know Jonathan Dawson, man? Uh, He's a Christian know. automotive sales trader. How rare are those? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Not to knock know. anyone who's Christian in the car business, there's but more hey. than, there's more than three of us. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm one. I'm one. <laughs> okay, so Tim Johnson. There we go. Uh, but no, he. I I love the guy. He is. Uh, he's got good ideals, and from what I know of him, he's got uh, you know upstanding character and high morals. So I like that. Anytime you meet someone with high morals in the car business, buddy, yeah, that's somebody to stick around, right? Um. So yeah, to summarize, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I see the the change in the trajectory of use of digital and uh, completing sales over, or at least doing numbers over uh, digital communication. I don't think it's going away. Yeah, I think we need to have a more in-depth series on this to address specific processes and challenges and ways to do business that will win you more customers right i mean this has been kind of i kind of intended that for this episode but we didn't really get there so let's call this an overview okay (laughs) well hey thank you for listening to saturday morning sales meeting with john and ray we appreciate you listening and we hope you'll join us again If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info, Ray, at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. It's info, Ray, at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com? No, Ray, it's just info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. So just info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. You've got it. Great.